0: Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Hey, I've got some really good news I want to share right away Get, you know, before I go any further. NFL season kicks off today. Actually kicked off Thursday night, but NFL season gets you in full swing today. It's great news, and man, I'm excited because I won't be able to do this next week, but just so you know, uh, Raiders fans, you haven't lost a game yet. Chargers fans, you haven't lost a game yet. Rams fans, you haven't lost a game yet. Next Sunday, we'll be praying other prayers, but for today, that's the good news. Hey, I'm really glad you're here today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I want to dive right into God's Word. We're talking about voices, and I want to spend a couple of weeks talking about hearing the voice of God and being led by the voice of God. Just a few minutes, we're going to read from John 16, Then we're also going to look at Acts 13 in a few minutes. For those of you who were not here last week, I want to spend about five minutes just recapping what we talked about, because it's really important. If I jump into where I stopped last week, you'd be kind of lost in this. So let me spend five minutes telling you how we hear the voice of God. Jesus in his teaching said that we would experience a spiritual birth. He's talking to Nicodemus. He says, you must be born of the spirit of God. The spirit of God would come and make us alive unto God, literally make our spirits come alive where we begin to communicate with God, have relationship with God. And a part of that new birth that Jesus spoke of, he said the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God would come and he would be not only with us, but he would be in us. And then John 16, when Jesus is teaching this, he says this in verse 13. Jesus says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, Jesus called the spirit of God, the spirit of truth, when he has come, he will guide you. Literally, it means he will show the way into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you, he will announce things to come. So what Jesus says is, when we experience the new birth in God, the Spirit of God moves inside of us, and then he will begin to lead us, and we will learn to follow the leading of God's Spirit. Now, the question today is not, will God's Spirit lead us? The question today is, am I listening to God's Spirit, and am I following His leading? That's the question. Am I following Him? There are so many voices in our world today trying to pull us in so many different directions. We need to know the voice of God. Last week, we talked about the Apostle Paul, and we we really focused on a lot of his ministry, how he was led by the Spirit of God. And one of the stories we told is where Paul casts an evil spirit out of a young slave girl because she was speaking and her voice was bringing confusion to what Paul was doing. And out of that, what we learn is, in our world today, we need to learn how to shut off all the other voices to hear the voice of God. Because there are so many voices out there trying to lead us into the wrong direction. So the question is, How will God's spirit lead us? Okay, last week we talked about two things. Number one, the spirit of God will lead us by the word of God. He leads us first and foremost by the word of God. The psalmist said that God's word would be a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathways to show us where we are, where we need to go next. I mentioned it last week, and and I want to say it really strongly today. Nothing should ever replace our time alone with God and His Word. If you want to know God's general will for your life, you need to get into God's Word because it gives it to us right there. Most of the answers I will ever need in life are found in the Scriptures. If I don't know what God's Word says... Any voice can sound good, and I can be deceived. And the only way you know a counterfeit is to compare it to the real thing. Compare other voices to what God's Word says, and you will know which directions to go. Second thing we talked about is we talked about the fact that the Spirit of God will lead us by a knowing. We will know in our spirits, being born of the Spirit... In our spirits, we will have a knowing of what God wants us to do next or which direction to go. In Romans chapter 8, Paul said that the Spirit of God that lives in us bears witness with our spirit and he begins to lead us. Paul even says that those who are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God or the children of God. So one of the indications or signs that I'm a child of God is that the Spirit of God that lives in me is leading me. Now, we looked at this in Paul's life and shared four things, and I'm just going to run through them real fast. We saw that this knowing of the Spirit can bring direction to our lives. When we're praying about a matter and we're trying to make a decision, we just have a sense of knowing this is what I'm supposed to do. And when we know it in our spirit... We can trust the direction God brings. The second thing we talked about is that this knowing from God, it may change our plans. You know, we've got a lot of good plans in life, but sometimes God has a better plan. Don't get stuck with your plan. Let God lead you into his better plan. Third thing we talked about is that this knowing sometimes will compel us to speak up in a situation Or to act to do something with a certain situation. We'll just know, I have to share something here. I have to say something here. Or I have to do something here. Sometimes the Spirit of God works that way, that we have a knowing of what we need to do. And then the last thing we talked about is sometimes this knowing will bring us a sense of purpose. Or God will give us an assignment and we will just know inside, I need to get my life involved here. I need to do this with my life. This is what God's calling me to do. We saw it in the life of Paul. I believe sometimes we see it in our own lives. God gives us assignments by his spirit and we know this is something that's important to God and it needs to be important to me. Now, the third thing I want to talk about, we recap the first two. I want to spend the rest of my time basically talking about the third way God leads. Now, notice this. Number one, God leads us by his word. Number two, God's spirit leads us by a knowing in our spirits. Number three, God may lead us through prophetic voices. God may lead us through prophetic voices now look at acts chapter 13 i'm going to read a story i'm going to spend a few minutes walking through this because i want you to see some things that are really important in this story this is involving paul and his ministry in the early days acts 13 verse number one now in the church that was at antioch there were certain prophets and teachers now pause here just a minute. In the church at Antioch, among the church leaders, there were certain prophets and teachers. Now, I want to put a pause here because here the Scripture's talking about church and church leadership. If you go to Ephesians 4, and don't do it now, you can do it this afternoon if you want to run the Scriptures. In the middle of Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes and says that when Jesus arose and then ascended back to heaven that he received gifts from the father to give to men we call them spiritual gifts or spiritual leadership gifts and he used five terms some people call it four terms and i'll show you he said god has placed in the church apostles prophets evangelists pastors teachers five gifts to help lead the church And what he said was that these five gifts, speaking in the church, having influence in the church, would prepare people in the church to carry the work of the ministry. In other words, these leadership gifts in the church help bring us to maturity so that we do the work of the ministry. Now, some people think, well, that's the pastor's job. According to scripture, it's everybody's job. Everybody has a place in ministry. Everybody has a place to serve God and to serve people. So what he said was, I'm going to have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, some people put pastor and teacher together and call it four gifts. I don't care how you see it. It doesn't matter to me. But what he says is, in the church in Antioch, there were these gifts of teachers, possibly pastor teachers, and prophets. Prophets are men who speak. About the future and the future direction God has sometimes for his people, more often for his church as a whole. Now, in the rest of verse 1, these names are given of some of these leaders. Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, Saul is speaking of the man who had once persecuted the church. He's now given his life to Christ, and his name will be changed later in this chapter. And from this point on, he's known as Paul. So Paul is now among the leaders of this church. But if you will, I want you to see what happens next. Verse number two, as they, these church leaders, ministered to the Lord, which means did the work of the ministry, They fasted and prayed. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Now these church leaders are doing the work of the ministry. In their times of gathering, they're praying about the future of the church. What is the next thing you'd have us to do? We're reaching out to people. We're ministering to people. We're doing what we know to do. Is there something new you have? Is there a new direction that the church needs? And it says in this verse that the Holy Spirit said, separate Paul and Barnabas for a mission that I have for them. Now, it doesn't say explicitly how this information came but they knew from the Spirit of God what they needed to do next, what the next mission was for this church, to send these two men out to other parts of the world to plant churches. Probably, probably, the word of the Holy Spirit came through these prophets in the church. Okay? So the prophets spoke while they were praying and said, God wants us to set aside Saul and Barnabas to go out and plant churches in other places. Now if you would go down to verse number 3. Then everybody say then. then. Then after they had prayed after they had received the word of the holy spirit then having fasted and prayed if i could add prayed some more They laid hands on them, and they sent them away. Notice the care of these church leaders, and not only hearing prophetic word, but then praying once again to know God's exact direction for his church. Finally, we get to verse 4. Some of you say, what's this got to do with me? I'm going to show you in just a minute, so stay here. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit... They went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Then there's more of the story which I won't get into today. Here's the point. Once they had received direction from God by the Holy Spirit, probably these voices of prophets, they again prayed and they knew in their spirits this is the right thing to do so they sent these men out and when they sent them out, it says they were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Did you know when you obey the voice of the Holy Spirit and you go to do something he's asked you to do, you're sent out by him? That's what it's telling us. So we need to be sensitive to know there may be times when God will lead us through prophetic voices. Now, there's a difference, and I want to talk about this. There's a distinction between the spiritual office of a prophet and the spiritual gift of prophecy first corinthians 12 and 14 paul talks about these spiritual gifts and how they should and should not function within the church but there's a difference between the spiritual office of a prophet as a church leader and a spiritual gift of prophecy every prophet operates in the gift of prophecy but not everyone who is used in the gift of prophecy is in the spiritual office of a prophet. Okay? Let me just let that sink in for just a moment. The spiritual gift of prophecy is a very positive gift. Paul said that this gift is used by God. People will speak utter the underance of the Holy Spirit to build up an individual's faith, to encourage them to keep trusting God, and to comfort them in the face of adversity and paul said that god can use you to encourage to build up and to speak comfort to other believers any believer can be used of god in this gift to encourage others all of us probably at some point in time, have been used by God where we sensed, I need to encourage my friend. I need to encourage my brother or my sister. And we encourage them with words that we knew God wanted them to hear. That's a spiritual gift of prophecy. That gift encourages. But the office of a prophet tends to speak to God's big picture, addressing major issues concerning the church, major issues concerning the kingdom of God and at times to speak into the future not everyone is called into the office of a prophet even though we may have the gift of prophecy that speaks in us let me put it this way sometimes God will use you to speak into someone's individual life but only prophets speak into the future of the church okay there's a distinction In those two, one's a spiritual gift, one is a spiritual gift that puts a person in a spiritual office. Now having said that, speaking for God, and and I wanted to set this up today and make it clear. So here's where I want to go with this. Speaking for God in the name of God is a very serious matter. It's not to be taken lightly go back and read the ten commandments one of the ten commandments is do not take the name of the lord your god in vain do not use god's name for things that god's not involved in don't do your own thing and put it to put the name of god on it don't misuse god's name for wrong purposes that are not god's purposes see a lot of us misunderstand that commandment and what it really means You see, we should consider with great reverence the using of God's name and attaching it to anything. Let me say it this way. If I'm going to share with someone and say, hey, I want to share something with you because God said, I need to know that God said it because I'm accountable to God for what I say in his name. You get that? On the other hand, if God, if somebody comes to you and said, God told me to share this with you, and they share a word with you, you then are responsible to handle that word correctly and find out, is this word from God or not? Because sometimes people out of their flesh miss it. Hello? Some people are human. Did you know that? Some of us think some people are superhuman because they're spiritual. Not true. Now, let me me just tell you how serious this is. In the Old Testament, for the nation of Israel, when God began to give them laws for their land and for their people, in Deuteronomy 13, God said, if any prophet comes along and leads you away from me and leads you towards other gods, that prophet needs to die. You need to stone him to death. That's what God said. Now, do I think we need to start stoning people this morning here at the Bridge Church? Uh, The bad news is we got a bunch of rocks out here on the point of our property. We could do it. That's the bad news. The good news is we're not going to do that. Okay? That's not our calling. But the second part of this, in Deuteronomy 18, God went so far as to say, if a prophet makes predictions and they do not come to pass, you need to stone him. That's what God said. Now, You say, well, Gary, how how do you equate that today? Here's how I equate it. If a prophet tries to lead you away from God, you need to kill his voice in your life and stop listening to him. If somebody comes and claiming to be a prophet and they start giving predictions and they don't come to pass, you need to kill that voice and stop listening to it. This is good preaching, whether you know or not. Actually, this is teaching. This is not preaching. This is teaching. You need to know this. You need to know this. Because when you receive a prophetic word, you have a responsibility to weigh out that word. 1 John chapter 4. If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn there. If you don't have your Bible, verses will be on the screen. 1 John chapter 4. John addresses this. Peter addresses this in 2 Peter as well. But I want to read John's version what he says. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Beloved, believe it. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Christians, do not hear every voice out there. Don't pay attention to every voice. There's something that needs to happen with these voices that you hear. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. And the word test means to test them so you can approve them, so you can determine what's right and what's wrong. He said, test the spirits, whether they are of God, because... Many false prophets, the word false means pretend, many self-anointed, self-called pretend prophets have gone out into the world. Verse 2, by this you know the Spirit of God. How do you know if someone is really, how do I know if they could really be of God? Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. If they claim the spirit of God and they claim to be speaking from the spirit of God, they claim the name of Jesus. They say Jesus is the son of God who died for our sins, was raised from the dead, ascended back to the father and Jesus Christ is my Lord. Then you can stop and start listening to them. The next verse, verse three, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. The spirit of Antichrist is against Christ, against the word of Christ. And if a spirit does not claim Christ at the center of its life, don't pay any attention to it. It's not of God. That's why I said last week, and I don't want to go back and re-preach last week's lesson because I have to really hurry today. That's why I said last week, God doesn't speak through fortune tellers or poem readers because they claim a different spirit. He doesn't speak from Ouija boards and tarot cards. It comes from a different spirit. He said, don't listen to those voices. Kill those voices, get them away from you. Now, verse number four. You're of God, little children, and you've overcome them. You've overcome those voices. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. It's amazing how many people quote the second part of that verse and don't even know the context of it. Oh, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. So what does that mean? That means I should be able to know false voices when I hear them. I won't be influenced by them because I have a power greater than those powers, and I will know God's voice. Now, I've got I to keep moving. Verse 5. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We're of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error or the spirit of deceit, the spirit that is fraudulent. We know the difference because God's spirit points us back to, does this come from Jesus? That's where all of this should begin. So what is John saying here? John chapter 4, verse 1. He said, we need to test the spirit's. When you hear voices trying to lead you in some direction, test the spirits. How do I do that? Number one, test the prophecy against God's word. Somebody gives you prophecy, ask yourself the question, does this align with the word of God? Let me see, who can I do this with that so it won't create any confusion? I'll do it with Kevin. Kevin, you know, God gave me a word for you. You're married to the wrong woman. So you need to divorce your wife, and you need to marry that woman right back there. If somebody tells you that today, you need to say, well, that's not scriptural. That's not right. So what do you do? You forget all about it. You don't flirt with it. You don't roll it around. You don't play with it. You discard it and throw it away, because that is contrary to the Word of God. Now, I know that's the most obvious of reasons, but number one, somebody gives you a word, look at Scripture and ask yourself the question, Does this agree with Scripture? Because prophecy will never replace Scripture. It doesn't overrule Scripture. It agrees with Scripture. Number two, test the person who's giving you the prophecy. (laughs) This is good. (laughs) First first service laughed a lot at this. Second service, not spiritual, I guess, probably. (laughs) Ha, just kidding. Test the person giving this prophecy. Somebody gives you a word. Oh, the the Lord says. First thing you want to do after you've compared it with the word, what do you know about this person who just gave this to you? What do you know about them? What is his or her spiritual track record? Is he or she living a godly life? Is this word humble or is it proud and arrogant? What about in the past? Has this person been accurate in the past? Have they shared before? Do you know their life well enough to believe what they're saying? You need to test that person. Let me give you something else. Is he or she under spiritual authority? It's a big one. Are they part of a local church? Do they submit their lives and their gifts and their ministries to the leadership of the church? Or are they the long ranger out there and they're too spiritual to be in a church? You run into somebody who's got a voice who's too spiritual to be in a church under spiritual authority. They are manipulating you and you better run from them just as fast as you can. Almost preached for a minute there. If that person has no spiritual accountability, get away from them. What does their pastor say about them? If they don't have a pastor, if they don't have a church leader, then you need to back away. Next thing, what is her his or her motive for sharing with you are they trying to manipulate you many years ago oh probably 13 years ago i received a letter from a guy who used to attend the church years ago he got way out in left field got really weird lost his family all kinds of weird things happened he sends me a letter one day and he says pastor i've developed this curriculum God says, you have to use my curriculum. I'll sell you copies of my curriculum, but you have to have this for the church. And God says, if you don't use this curriculum, the church is going to die. Well, look around. 13 years later, I think we're still here, okay? You know what I did with that letter? I threw it in the trash and said, God help him. He's deceived. You see, you can weigh things out by God's word. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You don't need somebody's curriculum. You need the word of God and you need the spirit of God speaking in a church. That's what builds a church. It's Jesus building a church. So know the person giving you words. Number, the third thing, test the prophecy with prayer. Anytime somebody gives me something and says, you know, I think the Lord wants you to hear this. I'll always pray over it. Before I embrace it, I pray over it. Some people get so lost in the intrigue of, ooh, I got a prophetic word. And they forget all about the here and now what they need to be doing with their lives because there's this word out there to guide them. You know what? Before you grab hold of prophecy and grip it tightly, pray over it and let God show you if this is of him or not. I'm going to throw this in right now prophecy is not meant to guide us sometimes God will use prophetic voices but that prophecy is there for us to pray over and to know is this of God or not let me me give you an illustration of this you're walking out the door today somebody grabs you in the parking lot and says oh I got a word for you the Lord says you're going to win the lottery this week now somebody does that to me you know what I'm going to do two things number one I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket (laughs) no I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm going to pray over it why would that person tell me that why would they give me that word what's their track record can i believe this And as i pray over it i'm going to get a sense yeah i need to go buy a lottery ticket or i don't now i know i'm being really light with this but i'm going to tell you something sometimes people get way out there in the left field with their words it happens sometimes test it with prayer fourth thing test the prophecy In your spirit, after you've prayed over it, what does the spirit say? Does it say yes? Does it say no? Or is it, I'm just not sure. I'm confused by this. Don't be led by prophets and prophecy. Be led by God's word and God's spirit. Almost out of time, but I got just enough time to tell this story. Had another Sunday. Sunday morning, this guy walks up to me. He was a self-proclaimed prophet years ago. He walks up me an envelope and says, here, I got something for you. And he walks away. Service is over. People are leaving. So I sit down in the front row and put it under my seat. And I felt like God said, read it, read it. Open it up right now. So I opened up the envelope, opened up this letter, and this guy says, Thus saith the Lord. And he goes on basically to say that there's going to be no more move of God in this church because of how I'm leading the church. And I read it, and, you know, I've, I've told you this before. I try to be really really transparent about this i have the gift of sarcasm <laughs> which sometimes not good <laughs> but the, on the other hand i don't like confrontation i don't i don't like i don't like confrontation i don't like the fuss that people don't like to argue i'm easy to get along with so i put the letter down and at the time there was a lot of stuff going on i was dealing with and i said god I I can't handle this. There's just too much going on. Now I got to deal with this guy this week. God, what in the world? And all of a sudden, the spirit of God says, talk to him right now. And I said, I can't, God. I haven't thought this through and prayed about it. God said, you call him right now and talk to him. I'll put words in your mouth. I said, okay. So I went to the back and found the guy, brought him back in and said, I want to talk to you for a minute. So I brought him down front, started talking. And all of a sudden, the spirit of God just came on me. Now, this isn't something I do every Sunday. This is something that happens on rare occasions. Spirit of God came on me and I looked at him and without any rehearsed thought, I said, okay, here's what the Lord says to me. The Lord says, you're not a prophet in this church. You may think you're a prophet. No pastor in this church thinks you're a prophet. No pastor who's ever been in this church has believed you're a prophet. And in the future, I want you to know if you ever ask to give a word of prophecy again in this church, if it doesn't peel the paint off the walls, you will never be allowed to speak in this church again. And I thought whoa he said okay he walked out he was gone haven't seen him now why do i say this today because god's spirit if you'll pray over matters god's spirit will show you when something's not right and he said this church is going to die because of what you're doing again look around today i think we're still here and i think god's still building his church so we need to know god does speak through prophetic voices but we need to test those voices the fifth thing here, this the last little tidbit. If you're not sure about a word, pray over it. Don't act on it. Pray over it and then wait for confirmation. God's going to show you one way or another it's right, it's wrong. Leave it in God's hands and let him work. Sometimes good people have good intentions, but in zeal they can miss it. It's what we call soulish prophets Prophecy. They'll tell you what you think you want to hear or what they want you to hear or they'll tell you something to manipulate you. Don't listen to it. Listen to the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit because at the end of the day, we're still to be led by God's Word and God's Spirit. Now, here's the good news here. God gives you a word and you think, wow, that's a big word and it it feels right and it sounds right, but that's a big deal. Only God could make that happen. Stop and realize if God gives you a true word and it's a prophetic word, it becomes God's responsibility to fulfill it in your life, not your responsibility. He'll see to your success if you'll obey Him. I'll give you one simple illustration of this. Twenty years ago, twenty-two years ago, I was in a season of transition in ministry. I'd resigned to church, I was pastoring. I was about to go to Africa and do some ministry there. And one night I went to this church service. And they had a guest who came in from halfway across the country. I'd never seen the guy, never met him. He didn't know me. He talked for about an hour. And at the end of service, he said, I want to pray for a few people. And he pointed at me and said, i want to pray for you first. He had me stand up. This guy spent 12 minutes talking about my past, and it was right on. Talking about my present, and it was right on. And then he began to talk about my future And some of the things he began to talk about were in my heart. And he said, God's calling you. And he begins to look for the words as if he's listening. And he says, God's calling you and leading you to to Africa, which I was making preparations to go in about three or four months after that. He's calling you to Africa. But God's also going to lead you to touch a lot of lives in Asia. And he finished what he was sharing. It was 12 minutes long, all of it. I went back later on this to do it, and I thought, man, everything he said was right on, all the way through Africa. But this thing about Asia, I'm not going to Asia. I have no plans to go to Asia. I have no desire to go to Asia. This guy was pretty good, but he missed it. So I went to Africa. Things continued. Things continued. 10 or 12 years later, well, I guess 14 years later, I got a call. A door opened up, and I've now made six or seven trips into India and Nepal. I've also gone with Zach to Vietnam to preach in Bible schools there. I'm going to tell you something. God knows the future. And sometimes he will speak through prophetic voices. And we need to be willing to receive prophetic word and then test it according to Scripture. Because God will sometimes lead us by those words. The last thing. It's my responsibility to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to learn to follow the leading of God's Spirit. If you had an older child and your older child absolutely ignored everything you told them and it reached the place where you had no control in their life and no matter how hard you tried, they just kept ignoring your advice and going in opposite directions, what would it do to your heart? I think sometimes the Spirit of God is grieved because He's trying to speak, He's trying to lead us, but we're not listening. We're not sometimes following. Paul said in Ephesians 4, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It literally means to distress, to make Him heavy or sad. And if you put it in context... Paul's talking about our lifestyle and the way we live. And he says, don't claim the name of Jesus and don't claim the spirit of God in you and then live an ungodly life. Because if I do that, it grieves the spirit of God. See, God knows how we're living. He's living in us. He's living it with us. And we need to consider my lifestyle affects What's God's Spirit's doing in my life? If I'm living an ungodly life, God's not going to give me instructions for my future because he knows I'm going to carry it to my own desires and my own intents. 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul wrote and said, Do not quench the Holy Spirit. It literally means to extinguish Don't take a bucket of water and throw it on the spirit when he's trying to ignite a flame in your life. When he brings purpose, when he brings a word to you, don't throw water on it and say, I don't want to hear this. Listen to his voice. The next verse, Paul goes on to say, do not despise prophecies. Can I tell you something today? Boy, I feel this so strongly in this service. We need to test every prophecy. But we got to be careful about despising prophecies. Because when we despise prophecies, we close our hearts off and we basically say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to hear from you. That grieves the Spirit of God. Because you see, I can quench the Spirit of God by my attitude towards Him and the working of His Spirit in my life and the lives of others. I need to keep my heart open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you today. My time is gone. Right there where you are, just bow your heads. Father thank you for your word. I thank you that your spirit makes your word come to life. God, I pray right now for every person in this room that they could begin to know in a greater measure how to hear your voice and to know the leading of the Holy Spirit by your word, by that knowing, and even at times through prophetic voices. God, show us how to Test the Spirit. Show us how to shut off the spigot to voices that are wrong in our lives. Voices that are continually giving words but missing it. Show us how to shut that off and and kill it in our lives. Show us how to stay open to hear from your Spirit the things that we need for direction for our lives. God, make us sensitive to your Spirit, to your voice. In Jesus' name I pray. Heads are still bowed for one more moment. Maybe you're here today and you've listened to this and you thought, you know, I I need God I need God leading my life I need help with my life what do I do where does it start how can I find God's help it all begins with understanding that as lost as we've been in our sin at our worst moment God gave his son to die for our sins to take our punishment that we might receive his life and his glory Jesus was put on a cross by God the Father to pay for our sins that we might come into relationship with him and he asks us that we open our hearts, ask forgiveness, turn our, from our old lifestyle and learn this new life of walking with Jesus. Maybe that's you today and you, you're sitting here and you're saying, I, I want to know Jesus. I want to know God. I want to follow him. I want his spirit to lead my life. Where does it start? It starts with words, with an invitation. God right now may be knocking on the door of your heart. You need to say, God, come in. I need you and I want you. So I want to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to ask you to wrap your heart around these words. Let my prayer be your prayer today. Let's pray this. Father, in Jesus' name, I need you. I open my heart to you. I repent of my sins and I turn from an old life and I ask you to forgive me. And I choose to follow you and make Jesus not just my Savior, but the Lord of my life. I want to learn your word. I want to learn your ways. I want to know you and follow you. So I turn my heart to you, and I ask you from this moment forward to be my father so I can be your child. Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. You are my God from now on. Amen. Now, that's not the end of the journey. That's just the beginning of the journey. So in closing today, we want to help you on your journey to know God we have a simple little booklet called the next seven days it's just got simple reading that'll help you get started walking with God when service is over we'll have prayer teams here at the front of the building they're here to pray with anyone for any need just walk up to one of these teams and say can I get the booklet they'll give it to you if you've got questions or you want prayer for something else they'll help you if you're in a really big rush out in the lobby right in the middle of the glass doors there's a counter set up there with a sign the next seven days you can stop there we'll give you the same book there again no strings attached We simply want to help you start your relationship with God. Can we welcome new believers into God's family today? God bless you. I want to say thank you for your patience today. At least most of you, anyway. Uh, Thank you for your patience. And I know some of you need to go to work, so I'm not putting anybody down. But I, I do mean this. I want to say thank you for your patience. Because of communion and a lot of announcements, we're about five minutes longer than usual. I don't want to say this to you. Uh, I appreciate your giving so very much. You've been so faithful. I hold in my hand something that's very precious. This is a Bible. Several months ago, there's a minister that we've supported for years who does Bible translation ministry. He works pretty much exclusively in the nation of China. He brought this to me in a beautiful wooden case. It's such a nice gift he gave me. But he gave this to me and he said, I want you to have this because this is one of the very first copies that you helped us produce. It's going to a people group in China that has never had a Bible. Now listen to this. I didn't know this. There are over 50 different people groups in China. Over 50 people groups in China. There are over 200 languages spoken in China. Some of those languages have never even been written. They have produced a Bible for this one group of people that will be in the hands available to over two million people it's because of faithful churches like ours that have supported this ministry and he said show it to your people tell your people and tell them i said thank you we continue to to bless him and support him he's doing more for the kingdom of god i just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving however you choose to give give to the lord he will bless you as you give as you're generous with him god bless you i love you have a great great sunday if you're here for starting point it's going to happen just a few minutes off to my left down that hallway god bless you